You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. Um, hello, my name is Imani, and uh, it's just, I'm so happy to see all the faces here. Um, I am one of the worship leaders with Dan. I am on the preaching team. I'm on the welcome team. You guys can just kind of see me around. And uh, I am firstly loved by Jesus. That's my... That's my biggest claim to fame, and I love him. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming all the way from far out lands of Schenectady, if that's where you're from, and all the places. I appreciate you being here. Um, before we get started, I have here 50 munchkins. These are not for Feast and Friends. These are for people who are between the ages of 12 and 18, my youths that are in the room. Snacks for facts. I do this every time, and this is because I'm not ashamed to bribe people to listen to me. So, youths, I'm bribing you to listen to me. At the end of this message, if you can tell me, I need you to answer these four questions. What did you learn about God? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about the world that we live in? And what is one question or thought that you have for God based off of these things? If you can come up to me, you can write it down and give it to me. If you want to come and tell me, you can have your share of the wealth that is in these munchkin boxes. And if you don't want to eat them, that's fine. I will happily have some and maybe share if I want to. But either way, I'm sorry if you're an adult person. You just have to listen to me because you have to. But if you're a youth, I will bribe you. It's fine. So if you can pass for a youth, yes. You know what? You deserve it. Good for moist, good moisturization skills for your face. It's really good. Um, before we get started, I have a video clip that I'd like to share. And then, so I'm just going to give a little overview. We're going to watch a couple videos. We're going to talk about what the, like, what the Lord wants us to listen to. And then we're going to pray. So, so before we get started into the word, I just have a couple of clips that I want to show. So, Hakova. All right. We can't watch the whole, the whole thing. Although, that's my whole sermon, guys. That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> so, how many people know where that scene is from? The Avengers Endgame, yes. And uh, if you don't know, the Endgame is uh, the, basically the last film of 11 years and 26 films of throwbacks. Oh, hi, Danny. Sorry, my friend's here. Um, of, and the, <laughs> 26 films of just callbacks and throwbacks. And I love this scene because if you've seen all of the films, you'll know, like, oh, this goes back to this, and this goes back to that, and this goes back to this. And if you have been here at the Vineyard for the past few weeks, we are in a, we are in a series called The Bridge. And we're trying to bring Jesus and see him in the New Testament and just be like, oh, look at him in the Old Testament and just keep going back and forth and seeing how he bridges those things. And when I saw this scene, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we're doing with the Bible. But with this particular scene, there's like very major callbacks that you totally understand. And then there's little things that you might have missed. So what I heard a couple of people say it. So when Captain America gets the the, what is it, the Molinishmish, the Molinaire or whatever? Is that what it's called? The, and he goes, Avengers, assemble. Like, even if you've only seen one of the films, you know, like, that's a major callback from all the other films, right? Yeah. But did anyone here at the very beginning 
right, when, right before the portal started coming, when you heard someone on the, the radio, and he said, it's Sam on your left. Now, when I first saw it, I, that, because I'm, I'm a Marvel person, but like, I don't like know the films. Like, I know them, but I don't like know them. So that kind of went past me. But when I like went back and rewatched, I realized that was a lot more of a, that was a bigger deal than I actually gave, gave, gave life to because I just didn't understand it. And this is why. Hakobo? Thank you. That's all. We're, again, we can't watch the whole film. Maybe later. But, so that is a scene from Captain America Winter Soldier. And that's like one tiny little bit of a scene that, again, they mentioned in Endgame, but unless you actually know, it's probably just going to go completely over your head. And the thing with the Bible, every single word is intentional. And we have to pay attention to every single thing that the Bible is saying. Because it could be as big as Avengers, assemble. But it also could be something as small as, hey, Cap, on your left. But both of those things are equally as important to understanding and having like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening moments. So today, I am going to talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And this story is in all five of the Gospels. And every, I, just, I can't go through every single five versions of it, but we're going to specifically focus on Mark because Mark's version has these kind of on-your-left moments where you could very easily pass it up and be like, oh, well, I don't really understand it. Or you might think, oh, that's just like just a random comment that maybe the, the, the writer had said. But they're actually very important pieces to the larger picture of who Jesus is and how he truly does bridge things from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So before we get started, let's pray. And then we're going to read the Bible. It's going to be exciting. So I'm going to sit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you so much for just um, being here. And I just pray, Lord, that we just keep our eyes focused on you. We ask to protect us from any distractions, protect us from any barriers. And we just pray, Lord, that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear you. Lord, I ask for myself that you can just completely take over. May I not try to make things happen, Lord, but may you just do only what you can do. I'm your vessel. And Lord, we just, we love you. And we're just excited to see what you're going to show us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read Mark 6. Jesus feeds the 5,000. So to set this up, just so you guys kind of know what's going on, Jesus sends out the disciples to start healing people. He gives them authority to heal. And then John the Baptist gets beheaded. And 
if you don't know, John the Baptist is the, basically the prophet that prepared the way for Jesus, but he's also Jesus' cousin. And uh, then, so John the Baptist gets beheaded. Jesus is just kind of like processing this, you know, in the, kind of in a desolate place. And then the disciples come back, and they're like, Jesus, this is what we've been doing. This is, like, you let us, like, this is all the stuff that we've, we've done since you sent us out. So this is where this is taking place. So it says in verse 30, and if you are following along in the Blue Bible, I actually know what page this is on. So in the Blue Bible, it's on page uh, 491, just in case you want to read along. But it says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all the way, all, all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away and go to the surrounding, send them away to go into the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, Jesus, answered them, and he said, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii, which is like, a whole bunch of months' worths of wages. So should we buy, spend all this money worth of bread and, and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And, when he commanded them all, and then he commanded them all to sit down in groups in, on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing, and he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and set them before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So our... Based, just based off of that first reading, what are some very obvious callbacks from the Old Testament that we just can kind of pick up on? If any, if you can think of any. Manna from heaven. Okay, what else? Any, oh, is that it? <laughs> Ooh. That's the flip place. So I'll hop in. So yes, there is, this is both a big kind of callback and a, a very, a kind of small callback. So the bigger callback, my mother said it, it's the desolate place. So this could also be interpreted as the wilderness. Um, and if you think about the wilderness, you think about Moses and you think about Israel and, and how, they were, how they were in the wilderness and how 
God fed them the manna in the wilderness. And you have like this, the exodus and, and that whole, the whole situation there. But in this particular account, Mark says this whole idea of a desolate place three times. And the other gospels don't say it as many times. So that to me was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder why, I wonder why he did that. And uh, this, we've had this question that, that's been posed this entire time while we've been going through this bridge series. And it says, find where the storyteller has Jesus doing something or being someone in the Old Testament already introduced. So when we're looking at these more obvious callbacks of, of Exodus in the wilderness, and we ask ourselves this question, we're like, okay, well, obviously, Jesus must be the new Moses. You know, if we're looking at him doing something that has already been referenced in the Old Testament, you know, he's, he's providing, you know, he's, he's in the wilderness, he's providing, you know, the manna, all this stuff. But there's a little part that stuck out to me because this also is only mentioned in Mark. And it's when the disciples first come back to him and he says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. And that stuck out to me because a lot of us think like, oh, the wilderness was like really bad. Like the, it was when Israel, they were in the wilderness for 40 years because they disobeyed God. But initially, the reason that God brought Israel into the wilderness was to give them rest and was to feed them and was to teach them. Then they disobeyed and then they had to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. But the initial plan was to take Israel out of Egypt, bring them to a place where it was just the two of them, and give them rest and feed them and teach them and just completely restore them before they went into this promised land. So if we're sitting back and we're asking ourselves how the storyteller is showing Jesus doing something or being someone in the Old Testament, we don't have to answer it. But who is Jesus truly showing in this moment? Who is Jesus? What is Mark hinting at? We're not going to answer. <laughs> but thank you for raising your head. I'm happy to hear that you're, that you're thinking about it. And then there's another kind of on your left moment that I'll tie into this. And it's this sheep without a shepherd. Mark is the only person that says, that has this phrase there. And, he, and it says that Jesus had compassion on the people. Because Matthew says that. It says, you know, Jesus had compassion on people. But this says he had compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we've seen this, this, this phrase does come up a lot in the Old Testament. And normally it comes up when, um, either when Israel is under corrupt leadership or when they've lost a king. And there's a moment in Numbers where Moses is, is, well, everyone's about to go in the promised land, but Moses is not allowed to go because he disobeyed God. And he says to the people, or he says to God, he's like, you know, they're going to be, a, your congregation's going to be like without, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he goes into it and, he, and then God's like, you know, it's going to be Joshua. 
So when we first, when, when you kind of look at it, you think, okay, well, maybe this is pointing to Jesus as Joshua. Maybe, you know, this is that servant king that, that the Old Testament is always kind of referencing to. But again, let's dig deeper. Because, there, again, there's these obvious things, but then there's these little things that maybe the Lord is trying to highlight. And when I was kind of digging deeper, looking at this sheep without a shepherd, I was brought to this verse in Ezekiel. And not a lot of people want to read Ezekiel. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a hard read. And, uh, but I want to read, read it to you because I think it's just super important that we understand what I think the Lord was trying to say here. And it's Ezekiel 34. And like I said, Ezekiel was a prophet back in the Old Testament. A lot of his visions were very hard to understand and interpret. But at one point, he starts being very clear that he's talking about this coming Messiah. And a lot of people refer to like the end of Ezekiel as like the gospel of Ezekiel because it's so like poignant, like this Jesus is coming type of thing. And in Ezekiel 34, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, and this is Ezekiel talking, and he says, The Son of Man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strays you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there, were, there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains on every high hill. High hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with, no, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become prey and my sheep have become food for the wild beasts since there was no shepherd because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep therefore you shepherds hear the word of the lord thus says the lord god behold i am against the shepherds and i will require my sheep at their hand to put a stop to their feeding to put a stop to their feeding the sheep no longer shall the shepherds feed themselves i will rescue my sheep from their mouths they will not be food for them. And then in verse 11, it says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from the places where they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their land, and I will feed them. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and all the inhabited places. I will feed them with good pasture, 
and on mountains, height, mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land on rich pasture, and they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. When you first read that, and you see that Jesus says, I had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. And then when you look at this deeper scripture in Ezekiel where it says, the Lord God says, I will be the shepherd of my sheep. Who is Jesus? Hmm. Yeah. And if we go even further and go deeper, because this is the thing. It would have been a very scandalous thing for Mark to go so far to say that someone is God. Hi. But... I feel like he's giving these little hints that's saying, hey, look what God's saying he is. Look what he's saying he's going to do. And I think if we really look at it, and if we ask ourselves again this question of who is Jesus and, like, who is he being and what is he doing that references someone back in the Old Testament, that someone that he's referencing and the things that he's doing are the things of God. And there's another like very big miracle story that happens right after Jesus feeds the 5,000. And it's him walking on water. And this all happened the same day. I didn't realize that until I was like doing studying. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that those two things happened to th at the same time. So we're going to read that because I think it's important that, you know me, I'm all about context. So we, we have Jesus and he just fed the 5,000. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to read my actual Bible because I keep getting lost in my notes. So it's important to have a real Bible on hand, guys. So it's a real Bible. A real, like, touch one. So Jesus just feeds the 5,000. And he's, you know, being their shepherd. And he's giving people rest. And he's doing all of this good stuff. And then immediately, it says, immediately he sent the disciples to the boat. He said, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of night, he came to, pass, he came to them, walking on the sea. 
and he meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Hmm. Uh-oh. This is the first time I'm preaching and I'm not doing the timing. <laughs> and now that's telling me. But I'm going to keep going. So that's my worst fear is that that thing goes off. But okay. So there's one little on your left moment that I want to talk about. There's a whole bunch in that, in that, that phrase. But it says, Jesus sees them struggling and he walks on the water, and it says, he meant to pass by them. And I was like, I always, because, you know, Jesus is a quirky guy, you know? He does, he does weird stuff sometimes, and I was just, like, reading it, and I just, like, had this picture of, like, them chugging the boat, and Jesus was just kind of like, hey, guys, see you later. Like, he just, like, he meant to pass by them. And I was like, I don't understand why he would do that, but, you know, Jesus, Jesus does weird stuff sometimes, so maybe that's what was happening. But, again, I was like, Let's dig deeper. What is this phrase, pass by? And if you look in the Old Testament, there's a pattern when the Lord passes by people. The first time he passes by is in the wilderness in Exodus. So God has just brought the people, brought all the Israelites out of Egypt. He's done all this wondrous stuff. He's following them by fire. He's like, giving them manna. He's like doing all this stuff. And then Moses goes away for like a couple of days. And then immediately the Israelites are like, let's build a golden calf and worship that God instead. And then God and Moses are like, seriously, for real? (laughs) But in that moment, Moses is just so disappointed. And then God is like, and he's like, I need to, like, I need to know who you are, God. Like, I need to see your glory. And God passes by. And another moment that this happens, I'm just going to keep my Bible up here, is in 1 Kings, in 1 Kings 19. So Elijah is a prophet, and there's all these false prophets, and the, obviously there are just, they are completely, they think that their gods are real, but they're not. And, and Elijah just calls down fire from heaven, and it's this huge, big scene. He, like, all the, pro, all the false prophets are killed, and he, like, throws all this fire down from heaven. Like, the Lord is, like, big. It's this big moment with God. And then Jezebel is like, I'm going to kill you. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and kill Elijah. And then Elijah freaks out, and he goes into the wilderness after he just had this big scene with God and he knows how big God is, he freaks out. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read this scene. And it says, There he came to a cave and lodged it. This is Elijah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the Lord of hosts. 
For the people of Israel, actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back because we, we missed a bit. We missed a bit. So I'm going to start actually in First uh, Kings 19, just at the beginning. So Ahab told Jezebel that Elijah, all that Elijah had done, so calmed the fire down from heaven and all the things, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I don't make your life as one of them by this time tomorrow. So he's, she's saying, I'm going to kill you. Then he was afraid, and he arose, and he ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came, da- came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So he's so depressed that he wants, he wants to kill himself, basically. And he says, and he laid down and he slept under a broom. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, and there was a head caked, baked on the hot stones in a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and said, arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went, and went in the strength of that, for, of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. And then he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I, am only left. They might seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand before the mount of the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And when the fire, and then after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And we skip down, it says, And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So when I read that, And then I bridged back to, and Jesus meant to pass by them. I saw this pattern. God does something big. People aren't grasping it. They're struggling. And then God passes by them to show him who he is. And I just had this like, Jesus got, like Jesus was understanding, like, I don't think these guys get it. Get it. Like, I just fed 5,000 people. And honestly, even before that, he wanted, to feel, like, he wanted to give them rest. He said, why don't you come with me to a desolate place? Why don't you let me give you rest and feed you? Don't worry, I'm wrapping up. But he was like, I just, I don't think you're understanding the gift that I can give you. And he said, he meant to pass by them. 
And I think when we look at the miracles of Jesus, and we look and we really are asking like, okay, who is this God? I just wonder if we understand the bigness of who he is. And if we allow all the stuff that's like in front of us to get in the way, and I think, I think the Lord just wants to give us rest and wants to just like pass by us and show us his glory. So we're going to do that. We're going to have some ministry time and we're just going to allow the Lord to speak to us, I guess. Because when I was putting this together, sorry it went so long, but when I was putting this together, I was just thinking, I feel like so many of us have seen God in power. We have seen him work miracles. We have seen him do, be our compassionate shepherd. We've seen him do so many things, but how quickly we forget who Jesus really is. How quickly do we forget the power that comes when we truly think about Jesus? And I have a couple of questions. So if we could just close our eyes. The scripture says they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves but their hearts were hardened. So I wonder what my life would look like if I understood and walked in the truth of who Jesus is. And what would my life look like if I understood and walked in the power that Jesus brings? And what would my life look like if I understood and walked in awe of Jesus. I think that the Lord wants to pass by us this morning and remind us of his glory, remind us of who he is, and remind us that he has compassion for us because we literally are like sheep without a shepherd. Hokobo, can you put up the slide that says um, Jesus wants to take us away and nourish us, whatever that one is, is. So I just, these are just reminders as I was putting this that we should just focus on, I think, Jesus wants to take us away and nourish us. He wants to be our compassionate shepherd, and he wants to pass by us for his glory. So for this ministry time, I'm just going to ask the Lord to come, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs>